on 9-11. Our nation made a commitment to never forget. Since then, it's been the Tunnel to Towers Foundation honoring those words with action. So many people gave their lives while saving others on 9-11. Tunnel to Towers carries forward that legacy of courage and heroism by honoring our country's military and first responder heroes, people who are willing to die for you and me. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my God. Do y'all know how happy I am right now? I haven't been this excited since they told us we were getting another round of stimulus checks with my broke ass. I I am so excited. We haven't gotten new MCU content in like 18 months. We haven't gotten anything since Spider-Man Far From Home. Now look, we'll talk about the, the quality of that movie another day. Today, it's all about WandaVision. I could barely sleep last night. Well, let me not tell you that lie. I'm a full functioning, grown, working adult. I took my ass right to sleep. I was tired as hell last night. But on the inside, I couldn't sleep. I was I was too damn excited. Y'all, this is a new episode of Me and You, The Housewives and Marvel 2. Let's talk WandaVision. <laughs> Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, The Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture, everything from reality TV to the MCU to the DCEU to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! You can hear the pure glee in my voice. What's up, you guys? This is Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast. And I am just, I'm just elated. We've now all seen the first two episodes of WandaVision, and they were everything I needed them to be. I am so damn happy. Do you know the sheer joy that I felt watching the opening credits of WandaVision. I'm not talking about them driving down the road like, you know, Dick Van Dyke or anything like that. I'm talking about the Marvel Studios logo with all of the different uh, moving movie parts. And I 
feel like we haven't seen that in God knows how long. I mean, granted, if you've been watching, you know, Age of Ultron and all this shit like me, then you've probably seen it a million times. But you know what I mean? It just, it sends a, a little shiver down my back. I'm just, I'm so excited. I've barely, I started this podcast to talk about all things pop culture. And I've been mostly doing reality TV and just like stuff going around in the world. I've barely been able to talk about anything Marvel, DC, anything related because we haven't been given any new content. Man, oh man, we are finally at the time where I get to drop a bonus episode every single week. The MCU is about to be feeding us like no other this year. Right after WandaVision, I think we have Falcon and Winter Soldier. After that, we got uh, 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 Tina and Marie. <laughs> we got everybody, damn it. If they've been in a comic book, they're getting their own TV show or their own movie. We'll be able to talk about everybody. I'm so damn excited. Let's go ahead and jump into it because I, I've been doing a little preparing for this. So this was probably the property that I was most looking forward to out of everything, mostly because I'm a mutant fan. I love the X-Men. I love the mutants. Those are the stories that I love the most in Marvel. So us finally, you know, knowing that, you know, Marvel has the rights back to the mutants. They have the rights back to the X-Men. I'm hoping that we actually get to hear the word mutant somewhere in the show. Um, I mean, you know, I might have to hold my breath, but because of that, I've been going back. I've been watching. Oh my God. I've been watching and reading stuff for like a month now just to get ready and get myself hyped up. I've been watching like age of Ultron. I watched infinity war, basically anything with, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany's Wanda and vision in it. I've been reading, you know, some of the comics I've been reading, House of M, of course. I, I I seriously can't read House of M enough. I feel like I read that shit probably <laughs> once every couple of months anyway. Uh, I've been reading the Scarlet Witch run. It was a more recent one. I want to say like 2011 maybe where we get to meet like Agatha and, you know, all that we get to see Scarlet Witch's powers in use. Uh, I've been reading like the Vision comics from 2000, either 15 or 16. I've been reading and watching everything just to get the fuck hyped up for this. I don't know what I, I'm just so excited. The thing, one of the things I'm really super excited about is that I'm, I'm hoping this is like a backdoor or reverse house of M storyline. Obviously it looks like it's going that way. If you've watched the episode, then you know that Wanda has kind of created her own reality where we've seen that before house of M I'm hoping though that, you know, we, we haven't seen mutants or as the MCU has called them, the enhanced at any point yet. So I'm hoping maybe this is like a, you know, a, a reverse kind of, instead of no more mutants, maybe it's a, a bring me mutants or a come alive mutants or a mutants bring your ass over here. Something like that. I need something. I, but I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to, you know, give them leeway to do it however they want to. I just want y'all to say the word because once you say it, I'm going to get happy as fuck to know that we're going to get Cyclops, Wolverine, my girl Storm, all these people at some point, bring them on, bring them on. Plus y'all about to bring, y'all make that announcement about Deadpool 3. You might as well uh, do it before that comes because you know they say the word in that movie. So do what you do. 
Let's go ahead and jump into episode one. Oh my God, I love both episodes, but I'm going to break them down episode by episode. Let's go ahead and start talking about episode one. Y'all know with my recaps, I usually do uh, more humor than anything, but I do want to talk about like, you know, how it might relate to the MCU, how it's going to tie into, you know, the actual comic books. And I kind of want to do a little film critique. You know, I did a lot of film critique in undergrad. I know what you're saying. You are old motherfucker. Now you ain't did that in a long time. I still do it, bitch. Don't worry about it. Just come along for the ride. Episode one opens up with this kind of, I don't know if it's hearkening to Dick Van Dyke or I love Lucy or, uh, leave it to beaver, but it feels like all of those guys wrapped into one, you know, they were all the same era. Anyway, it gives you a little bit of everything. And it was actually, if y'all don't know, it was filmed in front of an actual live studio audience, which is kind of crazy and kind of bold for Marvel because they like to keep their secrets really close to the chest. So I don't know if it was just like the early episodes where there wasn't much plot revealed was filmed in front of a live studio audience or the entire run. I can imagine a lot, you know, the endings where I think they say the last three episodes is when episodes is when we get like the, the more MCU filling movie where we get a lot of fights and explosions and powers and all the kind of stuff. So I'm excited to see that. I, uh, it's wild to me that they actually filmed this in front of a live studio audience, but I'm guessing they haven't really given anything away yet. If you've watched it, you know, we're still kind of in that that hokey uh hearkening back to older TV shows phase. So I'm guessing once we get around to like modern family, <laughs> once we get around to the two thousands, then we'll actually start, you know, uh seeing that laugh track go away and we'll actually, you know, get rid of that shit. They probably I, I can't imagine them keeping it up too damn long because Kevin Feige, they, woo, you know, he get mad whenever somebody reveals some shit. He'll probably end up changing the whole damn ending of this show and we won't get the finale until December. So uh, if you're in the studio audience, keep your damn mouth closed. Don't tell these people shit and we'll we'll make it. OK, I love the fact that we get to see hints of her mental state kind of being so shattered or broken throughout these episodes in the first episode, she asks Vision, you know, what do you want for breakfast? How about silver dollar pancakes and crispy hash browns, some bacon eggs, some freshly squeezed orange juice and some black coffee? And he was like, well, I would, but, you know, I don't eat no damn food. And then she responds, well, that would explain this empty refrigerator. See, we can take that one of two ways. Either one, they're doing like the kind of uh, cheesy 1950s TV show comedy or this is Wanda having built out this entire like fake reality world and didn't think enough to actually go through the details. If that makes sense. Like, you know, it's one thing to build out a living room. It's another thing to put things in the drawers that are actually in the living room, you know, pens and pads and, uh, you know, light bulbs and the light shades, all that kind of stuff. It's one thing to build out that stuff, but it, you know, she's missing an entire, pantry of food entire refrigerator of food so maybe that's giving us a little glimpse as to you know she's created this world but she's done it through the eyes of wanda maximoff watching these tv shows and not having thought that far the heart on the calendar is such a sitcom thing i love this show's dedication to whatever genre they're going for because they're really they're really sticking to it it's kind of setting up that hokey, you know, I love Lucy 
plot line that we've seen like a million times. Obviously, Wanda's seen it too. This is why she's created this entire reality around these different TV shows. We've, you know, we've seen Ricky bring home his boss from the Copacabana. <laughs> Don't act, listen, I used to love me some I Love Lucy when I was a kid, so I know about the Copacabana, damn it. She would, uh, you know, bring, he would bring this boss home from the Copacabana and like Lucy would find out about, you know, she'd be in a ridiculous outfit or in a ridiculous position because she thought that like he was going to get a job offer outside of the city and she was trying to do anything she could to ruin it. You know, it's that kind of thing. Instead, they're wondering what the hell that heart is for. So their plot is let's spend this episode figuring out why the hell there's a heart on the calendar. And of course, vision has to go to work to actually figure out why there's a heart on the calendar. But before we actually get to that scene, we get to meet somebody who I think is going to be really important to this, uh, sitcom. We meet Agnes or is it Agatha? We don't know yet. We just know her as Agnes, but we've seen in episode two that characters who we know who they are get different names right now. So, I think it's safe to assume that Agnes is going to be Agatha, played, of course, by Catherine Hahn. If you read the the Scarlet Witch comic series that I mentioned earlier, then, you know, Agatha sounds a lot like Agnes. <laughs> you know, she's the spirit. She's the OG witch. I think they said she was like a witch back from like the Salem witch trials. So, child, she she didn't seen some shit, okay? <laughs> she's not your normal witch. She's been through some stuff. She's just trying to, uh, ha, ha. Staying alive, staying alive. She's just trying to keep the hell. They ain't burnt their ass up at the stake. She's trying to stay alive. I love how committed they are to the this old sitcom format because Agnes kind of comes in and plays the role of the you know the wisecracking neighbor or the comic relief character. Really, you know, obviously these type of TV shows, everyone was comic relief, but you know the neighbor, the neighbor in sitcom style shows is always kind of that you know has their own little stereotype to them so you know she's like the the mrs roper from uh three's company she's like the marcy from uh married with children she's like the ethel from i love lucy she's all those kind of uh side kicky characters that we see a lot of but it's more more so to you know kind of throw in that line but i'm guessing as this show progresses out of that sitcom style we're going to actually see Agnes for what we think she is, which is Agatha, the kind of spirit guide and the kind of informer that she plays to the Scarlet Witch in actual comics. I love that Agnes is asking Wanda some pretty basic questions like, what are you doing rattling around this, you know, big house alone? And she really doesn't have any answers for, her, especially when she gets to, you know, the, uh, the main questions. Are you married? Where's your ring? You know, all that kind of stuff. She has no answers for for and it's really kind of further showing us that you know through this world that wanda has really kind of created enough details haven't gone in it to make it act an actual reality you know she's created a world but how close to reality is reality in this case you know it's the same as a sitcom you know if you're shooting a TV show, you wouldn't expect to open it up and see a food full of refrigerator necessarily. You you know, if they're not going to open the refrigerator during the, the scene, it might just be empty. No need in wasting all that damn food. You know, you you made them a uh, production assistant go up to Kroger or uh, Publix, wherever the hell you live in. <laughs> made them go the easy way. 
and uh, fill up all this stuff just to end up not giving it to the homeless community and just letting it waste and rotting that damn refrigerator just so you can uh, get a more realistic scene. Ain't nobody doing all this shit. And apparently Wanda isn't either. So she hasn't really thought enough about her reality to actually flesh it out. She's, you know, doesn't even have on a wedding ring, but she's supposedly married. All this kind of stuff. Doesn't know where they came from. Don't know where they're going. It's, you know, she only knows it's a special occasion, but can't even tell Agnes what the special occasion is. But just like the neighbor in every sitcom, Agnes is more than willing to help. The scene at Vision's job is so funny to me because it once again goes to show you how committed Marvel is to this style of storytelling. You never, like back in those old TV shows, you never knew what the husband did for a living, but you knew he had a job. They would even show him at work pretty often, but you never knew what the husband did. They have a whole scene of vision, not knowing what the hell he's doing it, but you better believe he's doing it way better than anybody else. It's like all those old, like, even think about the Flintstones, Fred Flintstone. All we knew that he was moving those rocks back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He would show up every day to Slate Rock and Gravel Company and he would move those rocks. He, we didn't know what else he was doing. He was only doing it for a few seconds and then him and Barney had to get on down and go figure out what their next move was. You know, you know the pimp and their best friend, they got to figure out what they got to do. You know, they might go want to go scout some women. You know, they might got to go uh, get a, a new IPA from the bar. You never know what they got to do. So they going out trying to figure out what they got to do at the Slate Rock and Gravel Company. He ends up figuring out that the heart on the candle, oh, not the cal- the calendar, the heart on the calendar actually represents a dinner appointment that they have with the Hart family, who is his boss. Now, see, he calls Wanda to try to explain it, but she cuts him off and says that, no, she's ready, but she doesn't even know what he's talking about. Yet another classic TV sitcom setup. Whoopsie! And just like that TV format, we get a commercial during the episode. Now, I'm not talking about an actual commercial break. I'm talking about how back in the day, do you remember when they used to have like the TV shows uh, with the commercials, like either at the beginning or it would be like infused throughout the episode, like an actual commercial made by the studio company that was making the TV show. We get one of those and it's for dun, 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 a Stark toaster now of course you don't know mcu if you don't know stark it's a stark toaster i guess you know uh we're supposed to be in the days of not tony stark but uh chad what was tony's daddy name you know tony daddy the one that helped uh design captain america's first shield they give us a little glimpse that it dirt marvel is committed to the gas of this episode and we also during this scene this little commercial break get our first glimpse of color throughout this entire episode. They show the toaster and it's a little, you got to really pay attention to see it, but it's a really small blinking red dot on the toaster. The only piece of color we see so far in this episode. And you know that whenever we see color on this black and white, it's kind of showing, you know, giving us a little peek of, okay, Everything's not what it seems. This isn't just a, a black and white world. There's uh something's breaking down because if it was really black and, black and white, it'd be black and white. But while we're seeing all this color, so we get a little bit of a you know a glimpse a glimpse of what's to come. That was the first time, but it won't be the only time that we get a peek at some color throughout this episode. 
when Vision and the Hearts arrive home, Wanda is wearing like some sexy like it reminds me of like Bewitched. Samantha would come, you know, come down the stairs in those sexy negligees and or when uh like I dream of Jeannie or even Lucy. Lucy would have on even though she wasn't sleeping in the same bed as Ricky child. She would still wear those sexy negligees around. She came out in a sexy negligee and she thought that Mr. Hart was vision. So she's covering up his eyes, trying to figure out what's going on. And vision has to hurry up and explain it away by saying that it's a, another reference, Sokovian greeting. Now, of course, if you've watched the MCU movies, you know that Wanda, you know, even though she ain't got that accent no more, that, you know, when we first met Wanda, you know, what are you doing? She sounded like a vampire, but she dropped that accent. So now she don't have that, but she's still of Sokovia. So a little callback, I guess there's Marvel way of, you know, laughing at us because we've been talking about where the hell her accent went for years now. So kudos to Marvel for being in on the joke. Wanda finally realized them people there to eat some damn food. So she's panicking. She's like, oh, shit. She goes to the kitchen. Of course, who else do you call when you're in a pickle but the quote-unquote TV neighbor? She gets Agnes over there. Agnes swoops in and saves the day. She helps Wanda kind of prepare the meal, tell her what to do. Look, start them off with some uh, some tater salad, then go over there, make a steak, you know, let it marinate in some uh, some Thousand Island dressing for a little bit, and then, you know, put it on the stove, and then, you know, get the baked potato ready. You know, she helping to get the meal together. You know, just like Ethel would have to come in to save Lucy in every single predicament. Y'all remember when they worked on that uh, assembly line? <laughs> they worked on that damn assembly line trying to wrap up them chocolates. Or when they had Vitamite Regiment and they were doing, child, Lucy was so goddamn drunk. At least Juan didn't have to get drunk to, uh, to, to fix these people's damn meal. But look. I know one thing. The funniest part of this episode was the fact that the mama from that 70s show was hungry. That lady was so damn hungry. She she kept trying to go into that damn kitchen and help her make that food. She said, look, bitch, y'all ain't got no damn pig in a blanket. Y'all ain't got no Hawaiian bread. Y'all ain't got no cheesy gordita crunch. No spicy chicken sandwich with Polynesian sauce. Y'all ain't got shit. And I'm hungry as hell. You didn't have me come all the way over there. You a housewife and you ain't cooked shit all day. I'm starving. He, This man done brought me all the way over here. The mama, uh, what's her real name? Deborah Joe Pup, Rup, Pup, something like that. Y'all know who I'm talking about, the mama from that 70s show. That lady said, I'm feeling woozy. I know the fuck that's right. Listen, y'all know I got to make a little side note. I felt the mama on that. I'm I'm team mama and <laughs> team mama from that 70s show. Listen, I'm black and I got a black family. Them people, when they have me meeting their asses at restaurants, they can be anywhere from on time, rarely, to an hour late. Now, listen, I say this with all due disrespect. So if there are some kids in the room, I apologize. But this is not a PG-rated podcast, even though I'm talking about a PG show. Y'all have me so fucked up. I am not about to wait for your ass in this restaurant 
to eat no damn. Listen, you already got me at the nasty ass cheesecake factor where I don't like to eat at this big ass menu. I can't figure out what the hell I want. I've been flipping these pages for 20 days now. And uh, all I can figure out is that I want some damn pasta. That shit is going to piss me off. I'm about to order this tired ass appetizer and I'm about to eat. And if your ass ain't here by the time that appetizer get here, I'm ordering my main meal. You got me fucked up. But listen, I'm mama. I'm with you seven to show mama. I'm not about to sit up and wait for them folk to eat either. That lady was about to go in that damn kitchen and make that meal. I listen, get on the stove. I'm not mad at you. Vision and Wanda kept her ass out there, though. That lady was about to pass out of hunger. They up there uh, talking about business and shit. That lady was looking around for some Kit Kats and Snickers and Twinkie Pies and Cookie Cakes. She was so goddamn hungry. Baby, I'm, I know they they didn't want to feed you. But Vision, when it took his robot ass in there and got that food right together, I just hope it tastes better than that shit he made in. Uh, Captain America Civil War, that pepper cash or whatever the hell it was. Wanda tasted that shit. She said, Oh hell no, ma'am. Let me let me uh put a little salt and pepper in this. Though she was acting like a black woman tasting a white person food. She was like, wait a minute. <laughs> let me stop. You know, black for the act like don't nobody season their food enough. They're like, let me get that past the salt and pepper, baby. Let me just put a little bit more in there. Listen, at that dinner table. Deborah, Joe Rupp, or Pup, or that 70 mama, whatever the hell you, Eric Mama, whatever the hell you want to call her, she got to asking all them questions, and Wanda's ass was shook. Do you hear me? Her face was on stuck. She didn't know how to answer none of that shit. She was not prepared for all them damn questions. Man, that boss got so goddamn mad. He was he wanted some answers, and they weren't giving him none. What I loved is that you can see the perplexity on her face, but it's showing the viewer that obviously Wanda was not prepared. She created this reality, but did she do it consciously? If that makes sense. Did she just like create what she saw on TV or did she thoroughly piece by piece put together this world? And obviously it doesn't look like she did. You know, maybe this is just like a defense mechanism like it was in the comic books. Harken back to the House of M storyline where, you know, she didn't have babies. Charles, you know, he broke that shit up during the first the first scene of the comic book. She was so upset. Magneto convinced her to create her own world. She created a world over in uh, Genosha and she wasn't concerned about nothing else or nobody else. She had her own little bubble. That lady was just trying to live. And I guess that's what the hell she's trying to do now. Side note, I love seeing when something doesn't go according to like the quote unquote script. And by script, I mean what Wanda has planned out in her head. When it doesn't go that way, we get glimpses of the camera and the way the show is. And it looks different than it does when it's a, a scripted TV show, if that makes sense. It looks way more, it looks like we're looking, you know, at something breaking from the norm of what's inside Wanda's head. You know, stuff begins to change when the boss begins to choke on the food. Is he choking as like a mental response to Wanda's not knowing about the reality she created? Or, you know, is this he actually choking and they just don't know what to do because she's not paying attention? It feels more so like, okay, you're asking too many questions. I don't have the answers. You could possibly threaten everything that I've created in this moment. Let me kill your ass. <laughs> but then Vision goes down there and gets whatever the hell it was out of his throat. 
and then suddenly everything changes for the better. Now Vision is going to get a promotion. Now uh, the wife loved the dinner and she loved the customs that the Sokovians had. And then they left and there was a lobster on the door for some reason. At, at some point during the show, Agnes stopped by during dinner, but it was real quick. So she left a damn lobster on the door. And we get our first like little, you know, our little gag laugh. But then right after that, we're right back to wondering, okay, what the fuck just happened? It, was that supposed to happen or was that Wanda's perfect reality breaking down? That episode ends and then WandaVision actually has one of those like 1950s, 1960s TV exits. Like, you know, the rolling credits and everything. But then it zooms out and it's on an actual TV and you can see the offices of S.W.O.R.D. looking like they're working to figure out what the hell Wanda is doing. We go from there directly into episode two. Episode two opens up with Wanda and Vision in those what we call the Lucy and Ricky beds. <laughs> if you know anything about like classic television, then you know about the Lucy and Ricky beds, the two twin beds for the married couple that aren't going to sleep in the same bed is crazy as hell. Now, I don't know which bed they use to conceive the babies, but I'm guessing, you know, it used to be a lot more misogynistic back then. I'm guessing they would, you know, <laughs> they create wickening speed over in Wanda's bed and then vision would go back to his bed. Don't you hate that? You got, you got to sleep in a wet spot and then <laughs> whoever you hunching on go over back over there to the dry spot and you just wet all damn night. You know what? Let me quit. So, you know, they use their powers. She uses her powers to kind of combine the beds again. You know, she does her little boop, giving us a little PG 13 moment in a PG uh, TV show. Then we get our little, uh, what is it? Get our little like bewitched style opening. This one is a lot more kind of direct as a TV show. We get bewitched this time. Now, what's really funny is Darren and Vision kind of look alike. I never noticed that before, but you know, I don't, now look, I don't know if that's a read or if that's a compliment, but just take it how it is. Darren and Reed, I mean, Darren and, uh, <laughs> and Vision kind of look alike. I don't, I, I, listen, just, just ponder that over. Cause I don't really know what they're saying, but look, Wanda and vision are preparing for some kind of fundraiser to help them, like make them friends in a neighborhood and to make them more importantly, appear normal. A big trick is to make Wanda disappear in that tired ass <laughs> box that they have. And if you look really closely, it looks like the box actually has uh, visions like kind of mind stone on it in his cape. I don't know if that's what that actually is, but that's what it looks like to me. So we're just gonna, we're gonna roll with the punches. It's important to kind of note that at some point during this scene, Wanda tells vision that this is important because this is our home now. Now, is she saying that because she knows she's created this world for them that only they get to really inhabit or is it just like, you know, reading too much into it and she's saying that, you know, we're in a new neighborhood. This is our home now. Let's try to make some friends. Of course, I'm thinking it's more so the first one. I'm thinking that, you know, she's saying this is our home now. We got to kind of commit to the bit. I brought you back to life. Yes, was dead uh, two movies ago. I brought you back to life so we can try to 
make the best of this uh new neighborhood. I don't know what the hell it's called. I don't know if y'all in Memphis or uh <laughs> or uh uh Jackson, Mississippi, like the Bell Collective. I don't know where y'all at, but she she's created y'all a whole little world so that y'all can, you know, stay away from what she deems as a threat and kind of keep everyone else at bay. The next scene is my favorite because it's really the first time we get a huge break in the reality. You know, we got kind of a glimpse of it in the the first scene when the boss choking and all that kind of stuff, but we really get to see it here. Wanda hears kind of a strange noise coming from outside. She goes to check to see what it is. And it's important to note that both of the first episodes, of course, are in black and white. I know I've said that a lot, but it's really kind of important to remember that both of the episodes are in black and white. She goes out there looking for the sound and she discovers, you know, something obviously catches her eye. She discovers like a toy helicopter that is bright red and yellow. So obviously in this scene, it sticks out like a sore thumb. You can also see there's kind of a label on there and it's a sword logo, of course. So she's looking at it and she doesn't know what the hell it is, or at least that's the impression we're supposed to get. Maybe she does know what it is. Maybe she's realizing that, oh shit, you know, maybe she's having like a small break from the mental breakdown that she's having. And she's like, oh God, this is from the actual reality that I'm from. And it's somehow made its way into this reality that I've created. I don't know. There's no way of telling that. But what we do know is we see the little sword logo. Now in comics sword, I think what we're supposed to know is that the meaning of sword in the comics and the meaning of sword in the MCU are going to be a little different. So I know sword in the comic books, what we're used to sword being, it stands for, I think it's the sentient world observation and response department. I think the only difference with the MCU acronym is that W instead of standing for world, it stands for weapon. And y'all know Wanda, the biggest damn weapon in the MCU right now, her Carol Danvers. Look, we need a, I, I would be here for a, a female team up movie. The, we, the female characters are hands down the biggest threats. Let them go find Galactus and whoop his ass in a movie. I would be all for that. I mean, damn, I, we didn't seen, uh, y'all gave Thor three movies and them first two were, yeah, yeah, so I mean, hey, y'all can let Captain Marvel and, uh, Wanda go fly around space and fuck some shit up. I'm all about it. Agnes comes to pick up Wanda to walk her to some random committee meeting for the children. We keep hearing that for the children. Ain't no damn children in this episode. That's probably uh, a good thing to note. We doing a benefit for the children, but Wanda didn't think enough to actually create children in this universe. Well, until the end of the episode, we'll talk about that later though. Agnes picks her up and they're going to the committee meeting that's headed up by the neighborhood HBIC Dottie. Oh, Dottie. And let me tell you something. Dottie, Dottie don't play this shit, okay? <laughs> At the meeting, we see Wanda copying all of Dottie's moves. You know, she's doing everything. It kind of implies that she's still learning what the appropriate behavior is in this reality that she's actually created. You know, you know, uh, you know how to put some damn ice in a cup and drink it, girl. You don't need no someone telling you that. The pe- the best thing about this scene though is that we get to meet Tiana Paris. 
who in this scene is called Geraldine. Now we know that Tiana Paris is going to be playing an adult Monica Rambeau. Now, if you saw Captain Marvel, then you know Maria Rambeau was her best friend, but Monica Rambeau was the daughter. If you are a comic book fan, then you know that Monica Rambeau is also known as Photon. She's also known as the first Captain Marvel, female Captain Marvel, that is. She's also known as the first Spectrum. She's also known as that bitch, okay? That we don't play about Monica Rambeau. Monica Rambeau, black superhero, you know, we can count them on our left hand. We here for them. We go up for all of them. So we're going to go up for Monica Rambeau. Right now, we only know her as Geraldine for some reason. Now, why the hell she picked that ugly ass name? I don't know. She doesn't know how she got there, which is weird. So it implies that she was just kind of put there instead of created like the other neighbors on the show. I don't know. It seems like this is a little bit of world building. You know, Agnes seems to be totally in place. Agnes almost seems like she was thoughtfully put there by Wanda to maybe play that role because Wanda was like, okay, if I'm creating this reality that involves old TV, you know, that are, are really similar to old TV shows, then I need this character. I need one of these. Maybe we need a mayor, you know, stuff like that. I don't think she planned to have a Monica Rambo type character in there, but nevertheless, she's there and she doesn't know how she got there. Or is this our glimpse of, cause we all know that Monica Rambo, AKA spectrum, AKA photon is in sword. So maybe she somehow put herself there, but can't remember how she got there. Either way, I'm damn intrigued. Okay. Across town, Vision shows up to like this random neighborhood watch meeting. You know, he want to know about all the security going on in the neighborhood because him and Wanda had a scary moment the night before. But all them men interested in doing is gossiping. Now, look, that's my kind of meeting. I want to show up to the meeting. I want to talk about uh, y'all know Leroy sneaking with the Deacons, don't you? Y'all know Gladys been uh going around there and they said that uh, her baby ain't uh, Rufus's. That's actually cause, baby. You know, that's the kind of meeting I want to go to. I don't want to talk about no damn uh, <laughs> neighborhood watch. We see Vision, you know, cracking jokes and he's actually fitting in with the people in the neighborhood, which shows that he, too, is kind of evolving to fit in with his surroundings. He's offered gum, but he tells them that he doesn't really eat. But then he remembers that the exact word they use is gum is used for mastication. <laughs> and so he ends up take, accepting a piece of gum and chewing it. But the guy uh, who I think is going to end up being Catherine Hahn's husband ends up smacking him on the back. He swallows it and it gives him a kind of I'm drunk sensation. Now, I guess chewing gum for robots or visions or whatever the hell vision supposed to be. You know, a Jarvis, whether that's supposed to be, you know, kind of implying that he's drunk or what it is, it it definitely messes him up. Dottie, at the end of this meeting, back on the other side of town, ends up confronting Wanda. And during the confrontation, you can actually hear the radio fucking up in the background. And you can hear somebody calling out for Wanda. They keep saying, who is doing this to you, Wanda? Who's doing this to you? All these kind of questions. And it scares Dottie. And she ends up breaking the glass that she has in her hand. When they show the inside of her hand, we get what is now believed our third glimpse of color. 
First, we had the, the little glimpse and the, uh, the Stark toaster. Then we had the glimpse with the helicopter. And now we've got another glimpse at her hand being cut. And you can see the red blood inside of her hand. Another reality break. I love it. Every time they break this reality with a little dash of color, I love it. We finally get another commercial. And I always try to pay attention during these commercials because I feel like they give us a little more than we're supposed to get. I don't know. This time, instead of being for a Stark toaster, we get a Strucker watch. Now, for those of y'all, that name might sound familiar or vaguely familiar, or it might not sound familiar to you at all, but let me refresh your memory. The name Strucker appears in Age of Ultron. Well, first appears, let me let me back up. It appears first in Captain America Winter Soldier. If you remember at the end of that episode, that's when we get our first glimpse at dun, 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 the twins, the enhanced, the mutants. We get our first look at Wanda and Pietro. And it's by uh, the scientist Strucker is the one giving that little speech in the dialogue, you know, ready to unleash the twins. Then, of course, that movie uh, takes us into Age of Ultron. In Age of Ultron is when we kind of get a little more of uh, Baron Strucker. So he's kind of like a supervillain. He's a former Nazi. He's one of the, you know, like the top Hydra agents. You know, he's obviously not for S.H.I.E.L.D. He's against the Avengers, all this kind of stuff. We meet him, uh, yeah, first in those like post-credit scenes, but then we see him kind of using Loki's staff to kind of do these enhancements on these different beings or whatever. And of course we have to call them the enhanced at the time, but now we know, I guess they got the mutant next gene and that's what helped cause all this. I, shit, I don't know. We really kind of see him in uh, Ultron more so though, uh, when he was doing all of that, of course they didn't have the rights yet. So he was just fool line in the background. So I'm not sure if that's going to be of, any importance going forward, but it definitely at least connects to them because the only time we've ever seen him related directly to Wanda and Pietro. So there we go. Boom, clickety boom. Cut to the talent show. Vision shows up drunk boots. Well, he's not drunk, but you know, he got that gum stuck in his, uh, his gears or whatever it is down there. Well, he keeps using his powers to do the magic tricks and Wanda has to do some quick thinking. So she's trying to, you know, uh, she's covering up for him by showing people how the tricks are actually done. So like he's actually flying in the air, but then she puts like a rope and cable pulley system there to kind of show that, no, no, no guys, look, he's being pulled by me. He's not really flying that kind of stuff. Look, Vision had them girls shook. Okay. <laughs> Wanda was pulling double time to cover for his ass. She like, look, Sir, we just moved to this damn imaginary ass neighborhood and you already trying to get us thrown the fuck out of here. These people go burn my ass alive like Joan of Arc. I know that's right. Look, Agnes already been burnt once before. Wanda like, I ain't trying to get burnt up like her ass. You need to quit this shit and I got to keep covering for your ass and because you out here flying and uh putting toasters through you or hats through your chest and shit like that. I know Wanda was tired. Wanda, I would have took my ass home. They end up winning the talent show, of course. You know, they share the stage with Monica Rambeau since they had to use her to cover uh, Vision's drunk ass. 
uh, during the, the one of the actual like last, you know, that was supposed to be their their grand closing act. So he almost fucked it up. But don't worry, Monica Rambo to the rescue. They get home and realize at some point that Wanda is pregnant. Now, of course, we know this from the trailers, but the comic book fans, we're all assuming that these are going to be her and Vision's twins, Wiccan and Speed. Now, you know, we all love Wiccan and Speed, those of us that read a lot of the mutant comic books. Uh, before they're actually able to celebrate, though, they hear another noise come from outside. You know, usually when they hear a noise from outside, we get some kind of reality break. They go out there and they see a beekeeper. Now, I, I, they see a beekeeper uniform coming out of a manhole cover. They see, you know, the the, uh, the sword logos on the beekeeper. It's important to note that because we keep seeing a lot of sword logos throughout this show. Obviously, with all the projects that they have coming up in the MCU, we know that they're going cosmic. If we're going cosmic, we need us some sword. If we're meeting a grown-ass Monica Rambo, a.k.a. Photon, a.k.a. Spectrum, a.k.a. the first female Captain Marvel, we need us some sword. You know, maybe that was sword that Sam Jackson was on at the end of uh, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home and the Kree and the, 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 uh, not the, the scrolls. Maybe they all involved somehow. You know, we got Secret Invasion coming. I don't know. But I'm excited about it all nonetheless. The, they see the beekeeper coming out of that manhole cover and Wanda being the incredibly powerful mutant that she is simply says no. And time rewinds on the instant. Right when time gets finished, they're back in the living room at the moment when she discovers that she's pregnant. Now they get to enjoy it like a normal couple. Now... They're no longer in black and white. Now they're in color. We've been set up for episode three and next Friday can't come quick enough. My God, my God. Y'all, these first two episodes got me so hyped, not just for the rest of WandaVision, but for the rest of phase four. They've put so much into these projects they're stepping out on the limb and they're just not regurgitating what we've already seen. They're taking different routes. They've got new directors. They got new storytellers. They're building out their bigger characters. They're fleshing out some of their female characters that they didn't in the past. You know, Wanda is one of the most powerful things in the world. We're getting to see her powers actually develop on screen. Maybe we'll get to see Speed and Wiccan actually grow up. Maybe that's what Evan Peters role is on this show. I don't know. All I know is I'm super excited. I'll be right back here next week talking about episode three. And you guys hit me up everywhere because I don't care if you've never seen a Marvel movie or if you are the biggest Marvel expert in the world. I want to talk to you about it. Hit me up everywhere you can and I will see you guys next week. See ya. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or Cashbox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. 
Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at Housewives Marvel Podcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.